Welcome to Stutter Stories, where guests from around the world each share the ins, outs, ups, and downs of life and conversation as a person who stutters. Hosted by Trisha Hedinger and Ja Ben. Hello, dear listeners of our Stuttering Stories. Today we have the honor to have a very special guest. Cody, Cody Packer. So, Cody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Very, very happy to be here. Yes, Cody. Uh, so, Cody and I had a little bit internet issue last week. So, we got to chat last week, and today I'm glad we are finally、uh, able to record this interview. So,、uh, Cody. I would just start our、uh, conversation、uh, by asking you. So, can you tell our listeners、um, a bit about yourself? Where are you from, and who are you? Yeah, like you said, my name is、um, my name is Cody Matheson Packer. I'm a proud person who stutters. I'm originally. Uh, from New Zealand,、um, so but I live in the United States currently.、Um, but right now、um, I am actually back home for COVID. So I've been spending the last year back home.、Um, I、um, love sports. I love movies. That's my job. My job is to make、uh, films and.、Uh, Uh, commercials. I'm a director.、Um, I love the outdoors. I love nature. I love meditation.、Um, I love chocolate and tea. <laughs>、um, nice. Yeah. And、um, I also, in the last few years, have just、um, had a huge passion to be a stuttering advocate in the community and get involved in as many kind of、um, Groups, learning situations, just chances to meet people in the stuttering community、um, as possible,、um, and yeah, that's been a really, really fulfilling and somewhat challenging journey. That's kind of brought me back、um, mm-hmm. home to myself a lot, which has been really, really,、um, really rewarding actually. So I'm really, really proud of the community we have, and I think it's really amazing. And I've learnt so much already in a small amount of time from the people that I've come across and the people I've heard about, and the stories that I've heard, which is why I'm a huge believer in you know like podcasts like this because the more we can spread these stories, you know, and everyone's amazing voices, the closer. We are to creating, you know, a greater community and a greater understanding. So, I just love what you guys are doing too. So, thank you again for having me. Thank you so much, Cody. There's so much. There's、uh, so much great stuff you have just mentioned. So I have so many questions for you based on <laughs> the yeah the the things you have shared with us. So, uh. This podcast, we are a podcast from World Stuttering Network. You are definitely 
the type of uh, guests we are looking for. So because of your international background and um, it's, it's just amazing. So ooh, it's, it's just, we're thinking about this universal experience. Uh, and I'm just fascinated about what you shared because you're the first uh, New Zealander I've, yes. uh, yeah, I've interviewed. And I think you are the first filmmaker that stutters that I, 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 I knew. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and um, the things you love about, you know, what you talk about tea and meditation. So that's very rare. Yeah, so I just love this like, combination. And, <laughs> and, and I love how you were like already like told so many important stuff that uh, the, the self-help group, this community, like it's, I, I know that this, this does not happen in one day. So I, I, I knew that um, where you are right now seems a very good place to be. And uh, I would love to hear about this journey of Cody. And we probably would imagine when Cody was a boy in New Zealand, um, I want to hear about your, like when you were a, a boy uh, growing up in, uh, uh, in New Zealand. So what was it like for you? to be a person whose status uh, grew up in New Zealand? So, being a person that stutters in New Zealand, um, I guess, oh, what's a way to describe it? I guess it was, for me, it was quite challenging uh, mm -hmm. at times. It was confusing. Uh, I think it was um, kind of painful and awkward. And but I think what was the hardest for me is that I, I you know, I, I was quite a stubborn young boy. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I had a mother um, and a dad that loved me like very much. I was very lucky to have that. Um, they did always want to get me help for it, which means I did experience a lot of different types of therapy, mm -hmm. young boy. So I did everything from speech therapy to like hypnotherapy to, um, uh, to cranial, uh, like I saw a cranial doctor. Um, I did these exercises called brain gym, which is like a, um, like left versus right side mm -hmm. synchronicity brain exercises. Um, I listened to tapes, uh, in bed at night recorded by ladies. Um, I you know, basically tried everything and, um, you know, not all of it. I don't think I wanted to try because I, as a kid, didn't believe that I have um, had a problem or it was a big deal or I think I was very just uncomfortable to kind of um, you know admit that like oh I have a stutter and speaking sometimes can look a little different for me than other people mm -hmm. um, um, and I remember um, you know 
being scared to read aloud in class. I'd always, you mm-hmm. know, get English class and be counting the people, you know, before me, you yeah. know, <laughs> getting very anxious about like, oh, what, how's it going to go? Like, are people going to laugh at me? You know, mm-hmm. I did have people laugh at me. I got teased and I got bullied, not a lot, but, you know, enough that it left an imprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it was strange because then I found like acting and I found a lot of things as a means to kind of escape, mm-hmm. I think. Um, like on the, on the stage, I didn't stutter uh, mm-hmm. at all. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of found a hiding place in acting mm-hmm. where it was like escape. And mm-hmm. it was cool, you know, I learned a lot about expressionism and confidence there, but I think mm-hmm. it was really just like a band-aid for what, like I really didn't want to deal with or kind of confront my stutter it was a lot of like pushing it away mm-hmm. and then um taken to australia by my mom to do like a maguire f- uh, f- f- foundation workshop which mm-hmm. um if you're not aware of that it's a three-day workshop which is quite fluency based there's a lot of like breathing exercises like deep mm-hmm. dive breathings you wear belts you go out onto the street and you just go and try and introduce yourself to strangers. You do a bunch of exercises that basically, mm-hmm. you know, like the message I got was like, we have three days to mm-hmm. fix you. This mm-hmm. is a book. Let's go. And I just felt like it didn't really take into account much of, you know, like the confidence aspect. Like I was very scared to do everything there and I was very embarrassed about a lot of it. And I felt mm-hmm. like I, felt like I didn't need to be there like I felt so stubborn about it mm-hmm. um, because I don't think I was ready for that experience I'm not saying that experience is wrong because I know it's worked for some people yeah but I'm just saying that that time in my life like that actually put me more into my shell I think and it really I left there feeling quite I guess ashamed and like almost helpless like oh you know like this doesn't work for me yeah sorry you know like this didn't work for me therefore I'm stuck you, you know and you're like nothing will so I felt like I got like a pro- pretty problematic you know kind of message and a lot of that was probably how I was interpreting it as well but also I believe the exercises weren't really engineered to provide any sort of um you know kind of um I guess yeah it was just really like I guess not what I needed and also Mm -hmm. you know like looking back on the exercises now I don't think they were very uh counterproductive for a lot of like you know it didn't take into account how I was feeling about my stutter it was only looking at the vocal part of it. Yeah. There was no emotional component. There was no holistic component. There was no like, you know, you know, like emotional component. It was all just like, let's try and make you fluent. Let's try and make you breathe. It was not like, oh, is there shame coming up? Is it fear? Is it um, embarrassment? Uh, what what What's coming up? So I feel like, that kind of played into all that, like mm-hmm. me not doing quote unquote well at, mm-hmm. at that workshop, then kind of led me to believe that I had a problem. And just for the record, I, I don't believe that anyone that stutters actually, 
you know, has a problem. Like I, you know, I just don't buy into that. I just think it's, that's just a really old school way and counterproductive way to look at it. You know, I think that it's not a problem to fix. It's not a problem to get over or overcome. I think it's a thing to integrate into your life. However, that looks for you and whatever, however you're comfortable within that. And obviously as you unpack the layers as to why you might not be comfortable, you might be able to integrate it a little more, but I actually don't think it's a problem. Um, but I felt I was a problem leaving that. And I think that's why after that, it took me the best part of 14 years to readdress it because I felt like I was scared that there wasn't a place where mm -hmm. I could. Yeah. Amazing. I think this connects back to uh, the beginning. You were saying that I am a proud stutterer. I love how you, uh, how you are embracing that identity. You know, I am a person who stutters, but I'm a proud stutterer. Uh, and what you shared with me just now, it was powerful. I think even though I grew up in China, a different culture, but I can definitely resonate with you, like how you feel that all this shame and you feel that why you guys all see that I have a problem or like I am the problem right that all trying to fix you so it's it's to me it's been a, a, such a journey too I remember when I first came to the states I I never had speech therapy in China and I was thinking the only way yeah the only way for me to have a, a good life is to fix my stuttering and I actually have that false hope that if I came to America if I fixed my stuttering, my life will be okay. <laughs> and when I look back, it was, it was like, so like, it was so naive, you know, it's, it's like when you really uh, were able to like face the stuttering, when you look at the stuttering, you see like stuttering, it's, it's not just a fluency. Like you were saying all this emotional piece, all that social piece, like how do we, find our place in this world that's even more important than the sound normal <laughs> right so yeah. tell me yeah yeah go ahead Cody speaking to is a really amazing part of my journey as well I think and that obviously resonated with yours is this idea of like as kids we try so hard to fit in but we're never taught what it means to belong and I think they're two drastically different things. Like when I was a kid, I did everything that I could to hide my stutter because the, uh, the external feedback that I was getting was that, you know, this is funny or this makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yet it's because I was uncomfortable as well. That's what was being uh, reflected back to me. Um, and also I think that made me therefore say, okay, well, if I hide it and I change my behavior, then maybe I will be liked. But then what I soon worked out, and it's honestly taken me years, is that I would rather be liked, uh, like, you know, like I would rather be, uh, you know, like hated for a person that I am than be liked for a person that I'm not. Because that, 
you know, you like if you're not being authentic and uh, expressing yourself clearly, or like who you truly are at your core, then I always mm-hmm. feel like you're never really belonging. You're just hitting in, and I think that is what this whole journey's taught me is that. Mm-hmm the we all as human beings people who don't stutter and people who do stutter we all have this innate drive and desire to belong and i think it's magnified when you have something like a stutter because you're always getting external feedback and you're getting the internal oh i'm embarrassed or i'm this and it's not until you fully come into that uh, when you kind of get on the other side of trying to change yourself and just realizing that the way you are is completely enough and perfect, even though it might look imperfect because no, look, no one is perfect. That's the thing. So like, um, I think it was just that really amazing journey to find belonging um, mm-hmm. Or to find the meaning of belonging. I don't think it's a destination. I think it's just Mm -hmm. uh, like it's an experience that we can keep experiencing in different ways. But it's not like, oh, I found belonging. I'm complete. I can stop now. But I know what I need to like. I know the person that I I need to be in order to belong. And that's a person that stutters however they like, whenever they like in front of whoever they like and not just loving that that's just who i am and that to me is belonging because you're putting yourself out there it's who you are not who you think other people want you to be that's so powerful i love every single word you shared just now i i i do think you know uh when we were kids we think fluency is the only way that can lead us to where we want to be. But I do think like you were saying, even though sometimes you can hide it, but you know that even though when you're on the stage, when you act, I can be so fluent, but there's still like parts of you uh, in you know that, well, this is not entirely me. Like there's one part needs to be claimed. Mm. Almost like what you have shared, it's almost you claim yourself as a full human being. Like this is my imperfection. Maybe this is imperfection itself. It's perfect. So I feel like how, I just love like how, how you like see this experience as a human experience and put, it's almost like you put stuttering into perspective because you put into perspective, almost feel like you can claim it as part of you and you are bigger than that. And I love how you were saying, if you can stutter wherever you want to be, whenever you want, and with whoever you want to, you can just be yourself. I, I think if that, that's, that's, that's a very, very, I would say this is probably the best therapy goal I've ever heard. Because I know that right now I'm in graduate school. I know like how when the speech therapists when they are writing goals it's like oh 80% of fluency 90% of the fluency so but this whenever wherever 
and whoever. If they can write this as their goal, I think the lives of the kids who stutter will be so much different. So Kaldi, I'm wondering, where did you get there? Like how, 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 like what's, what's the experience made you, what type of experience made you change this perception? Because uh, you were describing, you were quite reluctant to, to embrace that I, I was stuttering, you feel that embarrassment growing up, but like now you seem like, you know, it's like you kind of move beyond this, you kind of like transformed your prior experiences. I'm wondering, what's the secret? How did you get here? <laughs> so I, 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 you know, I guess I want to start by saying to people as well, I'm still, learning things every day i still hide parts of myself i'm not like perfect there's still days where i literally observe myself hide parts of myself still and like but they're compared to comparatively to what they used to be it's much different approach to to my or relationship with my stutter so i just want everyone to know that like i'm I will never be an end product and no one ever will be. It's just, you're always going to be presented with people that trigger old stuff and habits like that just happens, you know, and I'm tested every day where, you know, like there, there's days where I just, for whatever happens, I can't stutter in front of uh, new people. And that, so that is still, I just want people to know that that's still an ongoing uh, journey for me. Mm -hmm. But I would say my whole mindset with my stutter um, on the whole has uh, shifted. And, um, and if I'm being completely honest, uh, you know, again, I want people to know I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to change my whole view on everything. I'm going to go about it this way. It kind of just came to me. It kind of just happened to me. And then, so I'll explain what kind of happened. Um, I was, I was um, 27 years old, living in Chicago. I had, um, at the time, I was uh, happily married. Um, and I just lost my job <laughs> and then I, um, just split up with my wife at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was very, um, at a very fragile kind of like vulnerable and, uh, naked, you know, kind of time in my life where I thought I had everything worked out and things mm -hmm. were just pulled from under my feet. Um, I wasn't really involved in anything stuttering at that time I was actually researching a film uh you know that I was writing uh, like about my childhood experiences with uh, stuttering um and I, I was actually speaking uh to um uh Katie Gore at the time mm -hmm. uh, amazing lady and Katie we had a amazing yeah yeah and I loved everything she was doing and honestly I had a coffee with her and said hey trying to write this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know much about the community, but you seem to be really well entangled. Um, mm -hmm. um, and I just started talking to her about my movie and she said, oh, Cody, um, 
have you ever worked with people that stutter? And I said, no, I've really only ever been in a room with people who stutter that one time at the Maguire workshop. And then I had one friend who stuttered growing up as well. Um, and that was really it. And I said, I kind of have bad memories of being in the room of people that stutter. And she says, okay, yeah. I think what's going to really help you to write your movie <clears throat> is to volunteer to go work um, at Camp Hey, mm-hmm. which is a, for young people who stutter. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I was like, oh, what's this? So I started looking it up and mm-hmm. I applied and um, <clears throat> I did the interviews. And it mm-hmm. turns out I didn't have enough experience to, you know, be a counselor. Mm-hmm. So it kind of went away and then, it, you know, then, you know, like they kept calling me and say, Hey, you know, like we've got a videographer position to um, offer you. And I was going through the real rough mm-hmm. patch with the, you know, no job divorce. And then I was kind of like mm-hmm. one day, well, <clears throat> what have I actually got to lose? Like, to mm-hmm. be honest, I was really, really, really scared actually that yeah. I was going to have experience of like oh i'm gonna get all in one room i don't stutter a lot you know they're gonna call me like an imposter and a fraud you know there's all that (laughs) just bs mind stuff that's just like trying to protect you from old pain that you don't want to re-experience that you most likely will never re-experience um and then i just kind of was like to myself um uh, and then Know, they kept reaching out to me and just said come please we come and then in the end I just said yes um mm-hmm. so I went along and um honestly that just the people there and just mm-hmm. what they taught about stuttering the stuff that I'd never heard before this mm-hmm. community that just opened their arms to me they didn't even know me you know mm-hmm. like we were at staff training and they were asking you to talk about your stuttering experiences than anything in your life that was challenging going on mm-hmm. right now and I remember just like breaking down crying mm-hmm. these people I didn't even know because they were so they were all there to listen they they cared they gave me time to speak no matter how much I stuttered um they mm-hmm. gave me hugs at the end and said like you're amazing and then all of a sudden we were at the camp and um you know I started learning from all these uh, our, our, you know, our wonderful children that came with all their diverse backgrounds and stories and perspectives and their own relationship with their stutter. And I just started looking around and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I was getting, you know, all these like lovely messages reflected to me. Like, it's okay, mm-hmm. you stutter. Like, look, no one cares. Like, we're not here to judge you. We're here to give you time. Like, we care what you're saying, not how you're saying it. And I just never, it was like a permission, like it was that permission to just be myself that I'd always change to try and fit in. So I found my belonging. And through finding the belonging, I found a whole new way to look at myself. So that's why I'm explaining that it just kind of happened. Like people didn't do anything. They didn't say, oh, Cody, you're broken. We're going to fix you. Like all they did was put out the lovely message and their lovely perspective on what they, their, you know, their holistic view on stuttering and the community's way of treating other people. And it kind of just rubbed off on me. And I was like, well, this is like, like it went through my spirit. And I was like, I feel this Mm -hmm. so deeply. This feels so 
beautiful because I don't have to change myself at all. I'm perfect. Well, I don't like using the word perfect, but I'm I'm enough the way I am. Mm. I don't need I don't need to get to anywhere. I don't need to do anything like just how I, I you know, I talk at any given moment, however it sounds, however long it takes, like that is you and that is good enough. And I would never heard that before. Yeah. People always tell me to breathe. Oh, you're having a good yeah. day. You don't stutter at all. Like yeah. that's, yeah, you know, I'd never heard the antithesis of that. And it was honestly just like a big warm hug. It was like, um, so yeah, that really, I think that honestly just opened me up inside to just like receiving, like, I think it was a big acknowledgement of like the person I actually am rather than the person that maybe I put myself out there as. And I think like, you know, like we were talking about the other day, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm a big believer in the concept of inner child. Yeah. Uh, let me just explain that a little bit. Yeah. Like I believe that inside of each and every one of us, there exists a little child who is from a young age, took on a bunch of stuff um, that, you know, p- perhaps like, you know, hurt him or brought him pain. And when we, when we um, recall past memories, like as a person that stutters, when I was, uh, I, you know, when I go to talk to people and mm-hmm. I'm anticipating, um, you know, them laughing at me, that's the actually the inner child saying, oh, I'm trying to protect you. You got hurt once. It's going to happen again. Um, and I believe like that's inside all of us. And that comes up in all sorts of ways um, in our relationships and our personal life and everything. And I think that this whole experience at the camp was like a big acknowledgement to that child that like that scared child that did get bullied and did get, um, you know, told that he needs to fix himself. Like this was almost like a big acknowledgement to him that like, Oh, like, you know, like it's okay. You experienced that, but like you can also experience all this good stuff and like, stop, you know, you don't need to, you know, I understand why you're protecting me. But like, there's also all this good stuff out there too. Um, so yeah, and I had this amazing experience on the last night at the camp. There was a bonfire, and we mm. all got to. Um, it was a bonfire by the lake, and we got to write on these like little paper lanterns um, one wish for the future. Um, and so I wished to make you know my my movie about stuttering. Mm-hmm. Um, we all there was a group of about a hundred of us and we all lined them up right along the edge of the lake and lit up the lake with all our lanterns with our wishes on them mm-hmm. and everyone had gone to bed and I was like walking around the camp and I came back to all these beautiful lanterns lit up by the lake and I was the only one there there might have been one other person and I remember walking along and reading all these beautiful wishes from people and there were some wishes that were really hard to read like you know I, like I wish um I didn't want to hurt myself of because how I speak I wish I loved myself even though I have a s- 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 stutter and then I got to mine and I read it 
and I just had this overwhelming like urge to just like cry and I kind of was looking down at it and I really like couldn't read it and then I remember just like having this kind of like very out-of-body experience where I kind of like shrunk down into my body it was like I was going really small and then all of a sudden like like you know my young like the young child of me was there next to me reading it with me and he just basically was like to me oh you don't need to be scared anymore and then he just walked away and like so that that whole experience like I mean I was bawling my eyes out for like 15 minutes after that it was like this reconciliation of all the time that I would maybe change myself to be another person and all he really wanted me to do the whole time was stutter however or speak however I speak and be the person that I really am and I think that was just like everything had led up to that moment to tell me Mm -hmm. like okay go on and just be yourself now and that's like you know that's the most important thing you can do is just go on and be yourself because that is like that is the gift that you have to give is to be yourself um so that I think that really profoundly changed me after that evening to just like unashamedly be myself and like like I said that's not to say there's not hard days there still is days where I go back to those old habits of hiding but it always comes back to the mindset of like be yourself no matter what that looks like and no matter how other people take it that's very beautiful uh, it's almost like you went back to your um, your childhood. You kind of like healed that little boy. And yeah. I love how you were saying, you know, when your like inner child came out and tell you, you know, you don't have to be so scared anymore and it's okay to be yourself. I think that that is so important. I think for a lot of people who stutter, we feel like we don't deserve love because of our stuttering. But I would say we deserve more love because we stutter. Because I do think in general, a person's life with stutter is much more difficult than without, right? So it's, it's just uh, crazy. I think uh, when you kind of like uh, went through this experience and then you look back, like, how 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 would we like did all those like self-hatred you know all those like every single time I remember growing up every single time I stuttered I was like uh, abused myself for for stuttering I was just like cursing myself like how how dare you stutter it's almost that that inner child got like beaten again and again abused so and, and I, I really think it takes a lot of healing. It takes like a, a lot of like, I think because you are at Camp Say when you, you, you have that power of almost like outside acceptance, you have this support, it gives you the space and you see this kindness and acceptance and you internalize this good stuff and, and it healed you, your like broken part inside and you came out of that that is so beautiful 
And you mentioned that you uh, you wrote a wish that you want you want to make movies about stuttering. I want to know more about that wish and how did that wish go? <laughs> well, I guess I already kind of started by making the the this this stuttering PSA last year that I released for Awareness Week and Awareness Day mm -hmm. called First Day. So that had always been a, you know, kind of like a dream of mine to make, to make a stuttering, like either a commercial and a movie where it kind of aims to capture the whole experience or the, you know, all aspects of stuttering, both emotional, mental, physical, mm -hmm. like, like the family component of it, the personal component of it what we don't see what or what others don't see but what the individual sees on a daily basis I think that's really important because that hasn't really been captured and put to screen um so uh, I think after coming away from the camp I had this kind of new lease on life and I guess it, it, you know it kind of took me into more healing and more looking at like ways I was avoiding speaking and what was I changing about myself? What was I hiding from people? What was at the root of those behaviors? Was I ashamed of how I speak? Was I just embarrassed? Was I scared? And I think, you know, working through that stuff has actually made me want to change the movie that I've written, which was all childhood focused, mm -hmm. to kind of split it between a bit of childhood, but also mixed with me at this age, evolving mm -hmm my relationship with it and showing the kind of contrasts because um, I think it's very easy to make a thing about stuttering be about, oh, we need pity. We need this. We actually don't need any of that. What we need is people to listen and understand. That's all we, that's, you know, okay. so I, I'm, I'm more interested in making stuff that hits an example or how people should or could act around people who stutter. And mm -hmm. also just putting that on the table, here is everything involved in the experience. You might have quite a lot in common with us more than you realize, just, you know, like just based on school anxieties, um, you know, how to communicate with people. Like you don't, you know, uh, like a lot of people have anxieties around that even if they don't have a stutter. Yep. So I guess what I'm trying to do is open the doors to create a bridge where people can understand and learn about stuttering, but maybe they can also see little parts of their own experiences mm -hmm. in our experience too. Um, because again, I don't believe we gain anything from separation. I think we're all human beings, right? Whether you have a stutter or not. And I think Absolutely. the more we can create a collective kind of understanding, the more we will be able to listen and have time for each other rather than say like, oh, you're over there and you're over there. Absolutely. Um, like, I, you know, I don't need to know what happens over there because I never have to experience that. Well, you know, then that's how you run into conversations like in Ubers, when I've started before, and then you know, like people ask me uncomfortably, "Oh, you know, like did you 
forget your name. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd clearly know if there was more education out there that no one forgets their name, you know, like, you know, but you would know to make space and allow the person to communicate what they're trying to communicate in their own time if you mm -hmm. were aware of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I get, you know, again, there's always going to be people that, you know, just don't know. But I'm, I, you know, I guess I'm here with my movies and what I make without mm -hmm. stuttering to empower uh, people who stutter regardless of what other people think. Because I think if you play the game of like, oh, we need to make everyone accept us, blah, 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 blah. You get back into the like hitting in versus belonging. No, we belong and we are worthy and we are awesome regardless of what other people think. That, that comes before what other people think. If other people can't handle that we take a minute to say our name, cool. I, that, 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 you know, like, you know, that's fine. But that doesn't make me mm -hmm. or you that stutter any less of a person. Like that comes first. What other people think comes before. Whereas I think it's, you know, sometimes it's the other way around. It's like, oh, how can we make people think favorably of us all the time and therefore we might change our behavior to you know i i i i get those results whereas i think our value and our worthiness and who we are is in is just amazing inherently you know so i think like that's what we need to be putting out there you know that's so beautiful i just feel that you know that's why we love to have people like you to on the, to be on the show. I really think, you know, the young generation or the people who are going through this experience need to hear these words. I I, I do some sometimes think because stuttering itself is such a a high isolating experience, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be this way. I really think you know. I w w w watched your uh, your short, sh short, sh short, short film the first day. It was very good. So I, I yeah, I really you know there's something that touched me, and I do think it's not just because I am a person who stutters. I think it's because you are making arts, which is coming from some real experience. So I really think this comes back to the beginning we're talking about like how to be authentic. It's like how to be real. So I, I do think like all the things you are doing, like making your art or be on this journey is basically trying to like just get rid of all those like maybe learned belief or learned behavior is just to see what it is there. I love how you were saying, like, now you are able to observe yourself. And I found that part, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I definitely think it does require maturity and wisdom to be able to view stuttering like you are viewing it right now. So when you're talking about that part of you say, I observe my stuttering, I observe my life, I always reflect, I'm always learning. So, uh, so I want to like wrap up our interview by the last question, like, like tell us like 
we talk about the the in our last last conversation. We talk about my my, my mindfulness, and you mm -hmm. talk about you practice meditation. So I'm wondering, like, how that's that part um, was put into this journey, like how mindfulness or how studying your own mind or doing meditation help you to be able to see or embrace your stuttering with such maturity and wisdom? That's a great question. Um, again, I think I came on, that, that stuff just started to come in front of me when I was at that real turning point in my life about when I went to camp and everything had been pulled from under my feet. That kind of stuff just kind of came to me. And I started, because I was so all of a sudden so like almost like alone and you know kind of like you know like no job no wife very naked like i you know the most <laughs> you know, kind of naked i've been yeah. in a while mm -hmm. you know i kind of had no choice to be like okay like what like who am i and is there any parts you know like you know like, i guess is there anything yeah you know i guess on the other side of the stuttering camp experience i was like you know, really interested in about like why we behave the way we behave. Like most of what we do on a daily basis, if we're not aware of it, is automatic, including how we react to situations and how we perceive. And I think I worked out pretty quickly that it's all about the way we frame. I think language I've learned is such a powerful tool right absolutely language can define how you're framing your own life for example i'll just use a quick example if you use the words i'm having a bad day in in regards to stuttering all your mind is hearing is stuttering bad it's just like a computer it takes keywords then mm -hmm. the, i believe attracts energy that is going to reaffirm the belief that stuttering is bad so you'll have people start to say to you oh you're having a bad day today if you're stuttering and then you'll slip into you know like the energy of oh maybe i should be ashamed or um you know you know like i might be self-conscious of that i don't believe there are any bad or good days in stuttering i i took that language out of my vocabulary long long time ago because i think stuttering just is an experience it's just stuttering is stuttering if you have a day where you stutter more than usual that's just like a roller coaster that goes up and down it's just part of the track you know it's not like you want to build a roller coaster that is only doing one thing it's got to like life has ups and downs you know but i think even just like a distinction to change language, if you were to say, for example, um, oh, I stuttered um, actually greater today. And greater can mean in terms of like the greater volume. So like you might be referring to like mm -hmm. I stuttered today, but the word greater has also the connotation of great. That's I awesome. I yeah. stuttered today. And then when you stuttered, um, you know, like, you didn't stutter as much you could use the word less what connotation does the word less have it's not bad 
that like you know i just studied less it's just a matter of fact it's not it's not labeling it with a thing that creates uh like like because bad if it's bad we're scared of that that yeah. creates fear mm-hmm. shame yeah and if it's good then we label something good if a person just says to you oh you're having a good day which normally means when you're fluent and they're less uncomfortable it's all about them it's not actually you know i and agree yeah and, and and you know like that also means i'd rather listen to you when you're fluent which is just like okay that 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 that, that doesn't help me at all um because you're going to listen to me regardless whether i speak however i speak right so i think just like little things like that so that's just a language thing i think just observe how you speak about your stutter what language am i attaching to it am i saying it's bad am i saying it's um like you know after a bad day is there ways i can reframe that where i'm actually giving myself a hug rather than giving myself um hardship you know and that goes into the whole idea of integrating and loving yourself as much on any given day no matter how little or mm-hmm. how much you stutter mm-hmm. or how great or how less you stutter because so if you begin to observe that then you'll pick up on patterns saying like oh um even just with the language i'm using i can observe that um i'm actually giving myself a really hard time if i have a day where i stutter greater like and then you can actually say okay how can I reframe that? How do I actually want to consciously change the way I'm talking to myself about my stutter? And then all of a sudden you watch, if you start changing things like that, then your energy around stuttering changes. When you do stutter, it becomes less about, oh, I need to hide that. It just becomes, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm just stuttering. Because in the back of my mind, I'm not saying anymore that, oh, it's bad, you're stuttering. Yeah, you're not judging. You're away. You're, t- you're slowly removing. And it, it does take practice and it does take time, but it's a commitment to yourself because your own thoughts dictate how you put yourself out. So if you're saying something's constantly bad, you're, you know, like, you know, what is the natural human behavior to do, to avoid, right? You don't yeah. want to do it. Exactly. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. So if if you watch even just a little mindfulness like that, I, you know, I suggest like a journal to write down Mm -hmm. like what, what language you're attaching to your stuttering experience. And then once you kind of work it out and then reattach new labels that are more kind of empowering, you watch what happens. You don't actually stutter less or greater. Like what 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 you're actually doing doesn't change, but your thoughts about what is happening changes. So your whole view of yourself changes. You don't actually stutter any differently, but your internal voice changes. Yeah. And yeah. You, start, mm-hmm. you know, you go from a place of like, oh, like I'm a bit like maybe what well, yeah, it's more just like to me, it's more just coming into like empowering yourself. And that's what yeah. I'm about. Is I or, and, but I will say, you know, and you know, this is where it gets really hard. I've been on the other side. I know how difficult it is. And again, this is 
this you'll you'll need to be like you need to be open and willing to do this because it's you know and and again i also want to say like you know like this kind of stuff doesn't work for everyone for some people their journey looks like a journey to fluency looks like a journey through speech therapy i am absolutely okay with that if that makes you be more empowered in your own skin and stutter it's kind of like whatever you're willing to integrate but i believe that yeah it's kind of uh, you know like because one of the most empowering things that i've like experienced in this community is that i was met at you know at that time in my life i came to the community at a very kind of fragile place think the best thing was that i wasn't told like this is what you need all i was all that happened was i was met where i was at people listened people didn't try and give me anything to do they almost just like put stuff in front of me like all the stuff that i'm repeating to you now and it just kind of clicked you know and it was either going to click or it wasn't but they weren't doing it to make it click if that makes sense it just happened and i think that is what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to say everyone should do this because it doesn't, this is not going to work for everyone. What I'm just saying is this is what's worked for me. And this is what I would like to put out into the world. And um, for anyone else's ears that prick up, that might open a door like it did for me. I just say like, run through it and just like, don't look back. Um, but I'm so understanding also. And like, I think that, you know, the being met where you're at is the most important part because not everyone's journey is identical and everyone's needs are different in terms of what that. they're with and their, what their own story is going to be, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, but, you know, like in terms of mindfulness, like that's why I started the mindfulness stuttering eight-week journey uh, with the Heather Gross because um, I very much believe in this and you know in cultivating observation and using meditation as a way you know to control our autonomic central uh, our nervous system which is as a person that stutters is quite often in overdrive anticipating events reoccurring um, all going back to Cultivating mindfulness and meditation helps to uh, consciously take ownership of your body a lot more, whereas you can learn to root in breathing and you can learn to ground yourself so you actually have more control in how you respond rather than react to situations. And you can actually say, oh, I'm actually going to dive into the deep end here and not let that past uh, fear from you know of my body be hijacked to make decisions for me absolutely uh, so that's what i'm kind of really interested in because i've seen the results of that personally mm -hmm. and again i know it's not going to work for everyone but i wholeheartedly believe in the holistic approach where we look at the whole person not just the mouth or not just the the fluency yeah we look at the whole person because everyone has different emotional uh you know, um, relationships to the stuttering experience. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, my hope is that we move forward to a paradigm where everyone is looked at 
as whole, but also not in need of completion because we are complete. Like just how we are, even though like we're the only ones, you know, this might sound a bit brutal. We're the only ones stopping ourselves from being, you know, like the definition of complete or worthy or put in the word because it's our thoughts about it that stop that. Like we're labeling ourselves more than anything, I believe. And that's um, a really, really, uh, you know, I mean, that's a, like a really, really tricky one. I, and, you know, I interviewed a lady who uh, was a person that stutters in, you know, like a video the other month um, for an educational resource that's about to drop. And she said, you know, like the day I learned to get out of my own way was the day I found freedom. And I just think that is the coolest thing. Like, let's just get out of our own ways. <laughs> and the nicest, like, you know, we're our own worst enemies sometimes. And that's not to say what we're going through is easy or ideal because it's, it can be so challenging and so painful. But sometimes we just need to get out of our own way <laughs> in the nicest way possible because like we have a lot to give. And I think we are amazing, beautiful, important human beings just the way we are we don't have to be any differently Cody there can't be a better way to end this interview by the words you have just shared thank you thank you so much for being on stuttering stories we are looking forward to more of your work your movie about stuttering someday I, I can see that coming and yeah yep thank you so much cody for 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 being cody and thank you for everything you have shared with us yeah thank you so much for having me and asking uh like really uh like hopeful questions too like i can tell you really really care about this podcast and everyone that comes on here so I've really, uh, like, you know, I've really appreciated feeling um, like you care. And that's like a, like a really uh, kind of rare feeling as well. Like, you know, some people just have no time. Like you, you really care about this and I can tell. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Cody. We really appreciate you. Talk, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. If you would like to be a guest on Stutter Stories, email us at worldstutteringnetwork at gmail.com. First timers are welcome. <laughs>